0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q and uh, This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the absolutely beautiful, sparkling day of uh, in Adelaide. I'm also uh, your drive-time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, it is so good uh, to be uh, sitting here in the air conditioning on uh, what is uh, uh is what's probably the first real spring day uh that uh, that we've had uh this season. I think today here in Adelaide we've uh, um gone above 30 degrees, which is absolutely fantastic. Um look folks, I'd love to uh, have you join uh, join with me without interruption? Now I know some people have uh, have said, "Look, you know we do get a program that uh, uh, sometimes fades in and out when you're driving away around." Now that's because uh, we're actually a low power uh, FM station. Uh, now look, all you uh, need to do to uh, uh, to solve that problem is to download our app from your favorite app store. Now what you're looking for is Faith FM Australia. Make sure you add the Australia. Uh, Uh, But uh, uh, download that uh, that app and then Bluetooth it to your phone and then you'll get perfect reception everywhere you go and uh, you'll get the uh, usual Faith FM uh, quality uh, programming. Now this week uh, we're following a theme that is really uh, in the news uh, big time. Uh, This week we're we're looking at we're following the theme uh, the Bible, the Church, and the environment. Uh, And today we're actually going to be looking at the Genesis command for humanity to subdue the earth. Now, misunderstanding of this concept has seen believers take an incredible amount of negative press. But what really is that passage actually saying? Of course, right now, uh, COP27, Conference of the Parties, the UN uh, climate change uh, meetings are are on. What we would like to do is to give you a Christian perspective uh, to uh, to climate change because there are some things that the scriptures do help us out with uh, that uh, you won't read in the uh, secular press. Now today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare Now Eric's a, a printer by trade. Uh, he's worked in the distribution of Christian literature uh, for most of his most of his life, and uh, currently uh, he ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. Eric, or well, welcome. Welcome
1: aboard. Well thanks very much Gary and to the listeners. Uh, This is my sort of weather. Uh, I I really love it but I tell you what, the two of my boys have uh, hay fever quite badly at the moment and uh, it's time when the pollen starts to move around as well.
0: Well I've got to admit that is an issue that I'm struggling with as well right now. So if you hear me just a little bit snuffling today, it's not because I've uh, uh, got anything that's actually going to infect people uh, but uh, I've got those runny eyes, I've got that clogged up nose. I've got the you know all the hay fever type things. I actually went and took a second tablet today, and yes, that helped a little bit. But uh, goodness me, it's that time of the year. But I tell you what, wandering around in Adelaide today is so is so beautiful. I went for my walk uh, this morning. I think I about uh, six a.m. and uh, at that time it, we were we were sitting. I think at about nineteen or, or twenty degrees. Absolutely beautiful weather for uh, uh, for for walking.
1: Yep, yeah, I was out last night in the garden, and I tell you what, it was- was about date and the still light and it was absolutely beautiful out there you know the birds were just going to the trees nestling down and I was just standing there with my, the hose watering some of the flowers and it was just so lovely the, just that warmth yeah. going away yeah. and uh, yeah we need to make most of the sunshine while we've got it I,
0: I certainly do I I know that I, I love actually being able to walk in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually walk with a headset. I know I, I pass a lot of people with headsets on and I certainly understand why they do that but one of the things I really appreciate is just uh, I've got uh, uh, a lot of native birds around mm. the, the track that I'm I'm walking, and uh, uh, particularly uh, sulphur crested cockies. You know, yeah. I, I love hearing their screeching and their, <laughs> uh, you know, wonderful, a lovely time of the uh, time of the year. Now, look, look, guys, let's come to our World Watch segment. Now, uh, our World Watch segment today, uh, I'd like to share with you a a poll that's just been uh, released by uh, the Barna uh, organization. Uh, in America, and uh, they uh, produced some fairly startling results. Uh, This was a, a poll they've only just done. Of course, it's in America. 71% says the title, believe man rather than God should determine right and wrong. Now, when I read that, I thought seventy-one percent believe that man, rather than God, should determine right from wrong. That, uh, and I just, I just had to read this particular article. It's not a, uh, it's not a long one, but just let me just, uh, just share with you some of the facts that uh, that certainly the Barner organization uh, does include uh, in their uh, um, in their research. A plurality of Americans believes that the nation's basis for determining right and wrong should be what you feel in your heart, according to a new survey that that listed the Bible as a very distant second. The poll released this week by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found that 42% of U.S. adults chose what you feel in your heart, while 29% chose chose the Bible and another 29% chose majority rule Americans were asked to choose from those three possible answers in deciding what America's foundation for determining right and wrong should be what should be the foundation for determining right and wrong just get this again 42% found what you feel in your heart 29% 29% said the Bible and 29% simply said Majority rules. Now, put it another way, 71% now contend that man, uh, or humanity, um, of course, in its generic form, uh, rather than God, should be the judge of right and wrong, according to a news release uh, from uh, the Cultural Research Center. Americans are becoming comfortable with the idea of being arbiters of morality, said George Barner, director of of the Cultural Research Centre, in the same way that most Americans now contend that there is no absolute moral truth. They also now believe that there is no divine guidance required or even available to define right and wrong. The poll found that Americans have conflicting views on morality. For example, 71% of US adults say they support the traditional moral values um, Still, that question alone doesn't tell the whole story, Barner said. If you consider the list of factors that are gaining acceptance as traditional moral values the public is unlikely to turn to churches or the Bible to define those values. In other words, a lot of people are prepared to say that, yes, we accept traditional moral values, but they simply don't understand what those traditional moral values are. They are values that arise in the individual's heart and are certainly not drawn from the Christian scriptures. Barna uh, lamented, given how government leaders have been aggressively redefining other terms and concepts in recent years, recasting previously unthinkable behaviours as normative, one can barely imagine what our future moral code will look like with the government leading that redefinition process. The poll was part of the America's Value Study commissioned by America's One and involved interviews with 2,275 individuals. Now, Eric, when I read that, it sort of uh, left a huge number of questions in in my mind. I mean, uh, to me, I didn't think the percentage would actually be that high, particularly mm. in America. In Australia I do believe it would be, but in America, particularly with the Bible Belt, I didn't think it would be it would be that that high. Now, I suppose my question to you, look, how do you react to this article? I mean, uh, to what extent, you know, do you think that this philosophy undermines you know, society as a whole? I mean, How do you react to the
1: article? Well, I I I believe that that's what we've been seen happening for many years. The uh, that's the why we're in such a mess. I mean, that's nearly seventy five percent of of people, uh, which is incredible to think that way. Um, You know, I've heard the heard it said. You know, trust your instincts. Listen to your heart base your judgments on your feelings, all those sorts of things, and yet we're fed so much information today that comes sometimes from politicians, It can come from all sorts of sources, and yet those politicians are lucky to actually get through a term yeah. Which is really amazing, yeah. and so um, you know, I think by basing it on uh, on people, we're we're going to have huge problems. We've got a, a moral law that we've been given from the Bible, and it's a law that's there to protect us and to make us safe and to have good lives on this earth. You know, uh, God wants us to be happy and to and to be uh, st- less stressed. The law was given to us uh, to actually bring freedom, which a lot of people don't. And understand. you know, uh,
0: Eric, can I just pick you up on that point because I think mm-hmm. it's actually really important, uh, many people would actually see the biblical um, moral law as a, a burden. I mean, is that a fair way to, to, to actually um, view it, do you think?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. When you look at Congress and a lot of the governments around the world, you have a look and see how many laws that governments have in place, and there's thousands and thousands of laws that yeah. are actually there. Yeah. There's only ten. The Bible gives us 10 yeah. commandments. It's yeah. quite a small amount. Yet people who, um, who don't believe in God say, well, look, you know, you're bound by those laws. You only follow God because you have to. And, and, and you find it burdensome. I don't. I find that the, the law, uh, when you understand, uh, God's character and, um, the laws that he gives us, we understand why they're there. Uh, what I would always say with people if, if you feel an instinct to do something or you've heard something I would say look at the person who's given it mm. you know that's mm. really important so I look to my saviour and I, and I know that he is um, uh, he's way up there. you know yeah. he's untouchable yeah. so I really truly believe that um, where you stand on on what you believe on it makes all the difference because you, we can you and I Gary we can look at things at different perspectives and we can take information that you're fed and I'm fed and the listeners are fed and we base decisions on that so I want a good reliable source I want somebody that I trust and I believe in and and to guide me through because I tell you what it's hard times it's hard to know what's right these days in the news and what's wrong and where we stand morally on a lot of these issues and and, and I think
0: it's interesting that you actually say you know this thing right because there's many people out there in our big wide world that would would actually say well you know uh, right and wrong is in the eye of the beholder you know I mean if I want somebody else's wife then that's you know, that's right for me. But that what they actually miss is that when you move away from the law of God, what you actually have is pain is created uh, when individuals move away. I mean, as a pastor... I mean, I know that, I mean, I've, uh, I've sat and talked to so many people who have turned around and, you know, of course, you know, the Ten Commandments says, thou shall not commit adultery. And of course, that's something that uh, these days, you know, hey, you, do, you don't preach, you know, something, something like that. And yet I have sat down with the children of parents who've been involved in adultery mm. and the pain and the heartache and the suffering. I've sat down with the spouse of a person who has, uh, walked out uh, on on their partner. And again, pain, heartache and suffering uh, because uh, one person chose to live their own law. And, and to me, as I look at it, I turn around and say, hey, every time that I see this moral law being broken, I see pain, heartache, and suffering. You know, in fact, to me, the thing that I love is, uh, uh, you know, King David in, in Psalm 19. He, you know, he, he says this that to me, I, you know, I love his attitude uh, to to the law of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Uh, the Judgments of the Lord are true and Righteous altogether more to be Desired are they than gold Yes also more than much fine Gold sweeter more than honey In the honeycomb you know, as I read these, uh, this, uh, this statement, you know, Eric, I look at that and I say, hey, David's attitude to uh, what was the, the law of God is so different to what many, even Christian people today, you know, the law is seen as a burden. And yet as I read this about King David, he says, no, 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 that's not how I view it.
1: And King, and King David, you know, the society in those days were just as evil as today, probably even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. So all that was happening around him, and yet it tells us here that he's found something here, something really unique something really meaningful to him. I mean, he calls the law a delight. Yes. So it's not a burden to him. He's found that this is the basis of his life that's brought him happiness and hope for the future. But it keeps him safe from those outside influences. And that's what we need today. We need to stay strong on what we believe in and not be influenced by the things around the world that That try to get into us, that Satan uses to make us go in a different direction, and base our morals and our standing on something that's not to
0: have a foundation like we've got in the Word of God. You know, the you know, I cannot believe the the amount of heart uh, heart wrenching pain that people are prepared to endure because they're prepared to say the law of God um, is I, I prefer my own opinion. To the law of God, well, and, and
1: Pastor, uh, Pastor Gary, I've been out in the world, you know, and, and I've, I've, I've gone after things that I thought would bring me joy, you know, and yeah. I, I, I thought that Christians, you know, following the law like some comments have said, is burdensome, and it weighs you down, and and, it, and it's drudgery, and there's no joy there is, and I've found that there is greater joy uh, in the Word of God than, yeah. than what the world offers, and that's the dividing line, isn't it where you put your foundation, as you've said. So it forth.
0: is, it is, it is. And, and to me, I look at this mm. poll and I say, hey, uh, I, I wish I could share uh, with those who say, hey, my uh, my understanding is sufficient to be able to guide the way that I'm going. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. To have the Almighty God give his, if you like, owner's manual uh, for life on this earth and to ignore an owner's manual Is such uh, a silly thing to do. We wouldn't do it with our cars, and yet we're prepared to do it with life. Um, hey, I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that uh, God has given us those precepts. Uh, To me, uh, I like David. Uh, have come to exactly the same conclusion guys look let's come to some uh, some music uh love uh, love this particular song by the Petersons i know who holds tomorrow please please enjoy
1: i
2: don't know about tomorrow It's Sky
0: know who holds tomorrow, you know, what we're talking about today. Uh, It is fantastic to know that there's somebody other than humanity that's got tomorrow in their hands. Uh, It gives safety. It gives security. uh, It gives an incredible blessing. I... I, I wish uh, our world could hear uh, the story of the one who holds holds tomorrow, uh, folks. Look, we do have a uh, a giveaway book for you today, uh, and uh, this is a this is a real beauty. Again, it's a uh, it's a very uh, short uh, short book, but it's entitled uh, "When the World." Falls apart, Daniel and Revelations, message of hope, a daily stress, economic woes, a world and national crisis, Daniel and his friends grew up amongst the privileged of the land, secure in their wealth, their education and their bloodline, a bright political future lay ahead as Daniel was born to lead. Uh, But with a sudden attack and a turn of events, he found himself squarely in the middle of conflict that nobody wanted. He was terrorized. He was held hostage. He was abused. He was alone in a strange new world. His hope for the future had all but fallen apart. But somehow he managed uh, not only to survive but to actually flourish. He received some of the most powerful prophecies ever revealed to man his story speaks to our day and age now look uh, this particular book explores the uh, the book of uh, book book the biblical books of uh, Daniel and Revelation. And Russell Burrell is a fantastic presenter. He unlocks some of the most powerful and hope-filled prophecies uh, that uh, can change your life. Now, the book's entitled Hope When the World Falls Apart. This is a book that's written for our era. Uh, it is a fantastic uh, little uh, little book. Now, look, if you'd like your copy of uh, uh, this book, uh, Hope, when the world falls apart, it's speaking to our age right now, then please text us. Now, our drive time text number is 8 808 11. 808 11 and uh, all you need to do in that text is just send the code SA80 uh, SA80 no gap between the SA and the uh, and the 80 and uh, that will go uh, into our system it'll actually be received by our robot we call him Pilgrim and, uh, uh, Pilgrim will contact you. He'll get some, uh, details off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. Uh, that book again is, uh, Hope, uh, when the world falls apart. Uh, and, uh, it's by Russell, Russell Burrell, a fantastic author. And the code, uh, to oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven is SA80. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today, our co-host is Eric Hoare. And currently, he's pastoring the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week, we're following the theme, The Bible, the Church, and the Environment. Uh, now, of course, this week, what we have is the UN COP27 Climate Conference occurring over in Egypt. Now you'll be hearing a fair bit about this uh, through the news media, but what we want to do is to give you a biblical perspective on the environment. Now yesterday we asked, whose responsibility is the environment? vital important question. And today uh, we're looking at the Genesis command for humanity to subdue the earth. Now Often, misunderstanding of this concept has seen, has seen believers, uh, take in an incredible amount of negative press. And yet, the reality is, it's not what is so often portrayed. Uh, this is so key to understanding what this passage in Genesis uh, does, does actually say. Subdue the earth. Does that mean that I have been given permission to ruin the earth? Uh, what does it mean to be a steward of the earth? You know, uh, this, in this week and next week, we're going to be really digging into this subject. And what you're going to discover is that the scripture says some things about the environment uh, that you're not going to hear on the secular radio radio out there uh, Eric, now look, help us out Now this particular, particular passage uh, Humanity was given um, in the book of Genesis There's this passage that talks about subduing the earth Now, what does that really mean?
1: Well, you're talking about, Pastor Gary, tonight Genesis 1 28 and it says and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves over the earth it's interesting uh, what the meaning of dominion and subdue means uh, and Dominion means the power the power or the use of power, Sovereignty over something, stewardship, supremacy, Uh, and the other one for subdue is to overcome, is to quieten down, to bring under control. Uh, it's also used again in Genesis 1, uh, a few verses before it, in 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds. It's interesting, Pastor Gary, that, um, that when the world was created and every day God said that everything was good, it meant that, you know, we didn't have any, um, any real problems happening? We everything was perfect. We we didn't have any stinging nettle. We didn't have any uh, anything that would harm us. Uh, there was absolutely peace for Adam and Eve. There, it, you know, it was it was so beautiful when Adam and Eve was created uh, in Christ's image. Uh, he actually handed that dominion, that rulership. Over to them. He was in control. He was he had the authority yep. and only he could give that authority. So he was in charge of 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 everything that was happening. But when Adam and Eve uh, was made on that day, he, he said to them uh, that he would hand over the dominion of everything from then on in. So he hands that over, that authority. And this dominion, uh, it's quite interesting, uh, that, uh, when we talk about dominion, it means that, um, you know, you can have, um, you know, you can have control or subdue somebody. You can have real control, but that's not what it's meaning here. It's actually meaning that if you are going to have dominion and you're going to subdue something, you really have to know what you're doing, like when it talks with the animals, you've got to know what the animals are and what they're like, um, you know, to be able to help them and to look after them. It's not talking about a steadfast rule sort of a thing. It's talking here about doing it with love and nurture for the best thing for what has been created by the, this. Is the, this is almost historian.
0: a a leadership type role, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, I mean, just as you know, the good, you know, a good farmer uh, is a person. He he gains nothing if, in fact, he is simply going to pull everything out and give nothing back no. to rape and pillage is not the picture that uh, is painted in this particular passage.
1: Well, no, God brought everything into into being, which was good. Uh, and it was only after the fall that things turned bad, and then we find that uh, the earth became uh, hard to toil the ground, and all the, all the things happened then. But in the beginning, this is what it will be like at the end, when everything will be at peace, that everything is subject to what it should be. I mean, you're talking about um, a true mastery of anything cannot be accomplished without an understanding of the thing mastered. In order for a musician to master the violin, he or she must truly understand the instrument. In order for mankind to attain mastery over the animal kingdom, we must understand the animal world in which we live. Christ here wasn't talking about having a a ruling hand and being hard and and, uh, some people outside of Christianity would think. Mm. That's not what this is saying at all Christ is doing these this talk here he's telling us in love that this is a thing that he created that he loves
0: I think I think actually uh, Eric you actually made a, a really good point just uh, in your previous comment there that this was something that occurred uh, this command was given by God before sin now of course um, when uh, you know according to the biblical account what happened was when Adam and Eve uh fell uh when they sinned there was a huge change um suddenly uh, there was there was something uh inside of them uh that started to uh to work differently to what it had previously you know i think of you know that uh, passage in uh, galatians chapter 5 it talks about uh, the fruit of the spirit which of course is a different nature to the works of the flesh and the works of the flesh uh, are works that uh desire to, um, to to rape to pillage um, uh, the their their works that uh, will will attempt to um, to gain uh, through covetousness. They will attempt to, uh, to to pull down rather than lift up. Uh, you know, as I look at this, I turn around and I say, hey, uh, back there at the very beginning, what you had uh, were two individuals who uh, were made in the likeness of God and wanted to, uh, to, to function as God would have them function. Yeah.
1: That's right. And, you know, when you think about it, um, up to the fall, um, in Genesis 2, 16 to 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And of course, that was the only thing that they uh, couldn't do in the garden was to eat of the tree of good and evil. But the servant comes along, and uh, he, the devil comes along, and he puts this thought that, no, they would become like God. They would know the difference between good and evil. So this is now based on feeling. Yeah. This is based on what you're talking about before, about men making the choice, not listening to a greater authority that has given them the authority that has passed that down the wisdom where they got it from, they now base it on their own wisdom. A man's wisdom will never win out. It'll never. It'll. it'll do more harm in this world than ever before because God's wisdom is the correct. We. Sometimes God tells us things in the Bible we don't understand. We haven't got the wisdom to understand yeah. until you actually experience what what you go through. And then you look at the words of the Bible and said, yeah, if I hadn't gone down this path, I'd only listen to what God was telling me in the Bible. Then that's the authority I need to listen to, not to my own authority.
0: And, and, and so what we've actually got here is the principles upon which people are making decisions after the fall Become significantly different. They become yeah. impaired yes. compared to what they were before the spirit, before that. Now, to me, I'm really interested. You know, the works of the flesh. This is mm. stuff that came in mm. uh, after the after the fall. And when I read some of these things, I think, hey, you know, um, we've got uh, uh, things like selfish ambition. We've got Envy, You know, what does envy actually do? Well, envy actually turns around and says, hey, you have got uh, a a small house, but I've got to have a house that is bigger. Uh, And uh, and then uh, you look at me and say, hey, I've got a he's got a bigger house now. I need a bigger one again. Mm -hmm. And of course, what that means is that I've got to pillage the earth in order to be able to build for me. A bigger house. In other words, all this has come about. Uh, why? Why has the earth been pillaged? And it has been, has been pillaged. Why has it been pillaged? Because the nature of humanity has actually changed as a result of the, the fall. Mm. Uh, you know, just, just mm. consider it, you know. Um, when a person, uh, comes, to, comes to Christ, you get, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, you've mm. got you know, self-control. I'm able to say enough is enough. You know, Eric, the thing I'm really conscious of is that we are living in a world today uh, where to me increasingly people are struggling to be able to say enough is enough. You know, I have to get more than the guy that's living next door to me.
1: Yes, and, and the earth is suffering with, with the way it's been treated over many, many years. I mean, if you understand that through uh, what the Bible is talking about here, compared to before the fall and after the fall, uh, we find that because we are now doing it on our own judgment, we're all sinners. And uh, for it says here in uh, Matthew 15 to 18, 19, Jesus says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness and slander. So the authority that God gave us after all to look after the land and to be in a tune with each other and and looking, and looking the responsibility of looking after animals, the, the original thought was that would be in, in the way of love and care and to do the best thing for each of those things. But we find that because of sin, it is now, as you say, it's greed. Uh, it's a way of getting one over another person. And even the way we treat animals uh, is shocking today. Oh, I'm yeah. so surprised. I mean, you take it too with, with humans. One woman a week dies from abuse in a home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One man a month dies from abuse in a home, one am- a man a month. So even as we live today and, and and we understand what's happening around us, we're not improving.
0: In other words, the the, the cause – of the, the pain, the suffering, the heartache and the disease that we're seeing today is this thing called sin. Yes. And as a result of sin, what you've actually had is humanity's nature has changed so that now what you actually have is a humanity prepared to actually pillage the earth. Now, you know, uh, to me, uh, this is something that to me, as I look at it, I- I- is frightening. You know, when you consider what's happening to the Amazon uh, rainforest, oh, is it a problem? Yes, it is. Mm. Uh, it certainly is uh, is our uh, are our polluted skies are they a problem? of course they are, mm. but you know uh, what 's actually caused uh, all of these things I, I would suggest to you it 's actually the uh, the sinful nature of man who decide, desires to get the consumeristic culture uh, that has been uh, developed uh, certainly uh, in in the more advanced advanced countries, and, and you know to me, Eric, the thing that I suppose I'm really conscious of is I would suggest that it's actually only when you can change the human nature uh, that you can actually resolve this, uh, th- this problem. I, I personally don't think that any political means has got any capability of changing uh, the, uh, the environmental issues that we have actually see around us.
1: And what we'll see, Pastor Gary, I think, is that with the threats of war and the war that's going on at the moment, we were, we're going to see more money poured into arms than actually looking after the environment, looking after um, people that are poor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to the poor countries where the rivers are actually used like a sewer, yeah. and uh, you know it's polluting everywhere but if you and I would say well that shouldn't be happening but if you lived in those places and that's the only choice you've got it yeah. is because mankind is pouring its resources into the wrong areas because there's so much upheaval of unrest because we don't follow God's word we're so suspicious of one another that the, and there's so many world leaders that are up there uh, that are uh, unbalanced yeah. that anything could happen and that's the danger but God gave us the earth the animals, and one another to do it in love and to have dominion and subdued the earth means to love, do it in the way of love and understanding that you're doing the best things in each of those areas. Mm. And if we trust ourselves and if we listen to all the things around us, we can get out of kilter with that.
0: In other words, way back there at the beginning, what we're saying way back there at the beginning, a transition occurred in the human heart And as a result of that transition actually occurring in the human heart, uh, our way of thinking occurred until, until now, you've got uh, the earth being, being pillaged uh, to handle uh, humanity's Needs and uh, some of those needs uh, are not as uh, uh, as great as what we really think they are. Look, let's come to some some music. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is this is Evie. Uh, love this particular song. Give them all, give them all to Jesus.
2: Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up for the shadows
0: timeless uh, Christian uh, classics uh, from way back uh, in the last century. Can't believe it's that far back. Can you uh, uh, Can you? what? Uh, but uh, beautiful song uh, Evie, give them all. Give them all to Jesus. You know my friends, uh, some of you uh, may be struggling uh, today in, in some way. Maybe it's a finance, maybe it's a health issue, uh, maybe it's some family issue, uh, maybe it's with somebody that's, you know, really crossed your path. Look, can I, I just bring you the words of that song. Give them all. Give them all to Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, what a difference. The, uh time spent with Jesus uh really can really can make. Uh folks, we do have a uh, have that book uh as a giveaway book today. Our book is uh Hope When the World Falls Apart. Now this is a real ripper of a book. This is uh by Dr. Uh, Russell Russell Burrell. Uh he uh he really has got some insightful. He is on the cutting edge uh on uh, on quite another a number of of subjects. Uh I know He's into into church growth and uh uh his uh, his ministry's been very greatly appreciated hope when the world falls apart and uh, daniel and revelation's message of hope now guys look if you want to be encouraged uh this is the sort of book that I I would pick up look if you would like your own copy of uh hope when the world falls apart all you need to do is to text us here at our our studio text number is 04888 808 11 O four triple eight eight O oh eight eleven, and all you need to do is to send us the code S A eight zero no gap between the uh, S A and the eight zero S O eight zero, and that'll go straight to our robot. So you won't be pestered by any uh, any individual. Our robot will he simply contact you. Uh, he'll get some information off you so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. And the book is a real ripper. Uh, It really is uh, worth worth picking up. Uh, I'd recommend it to you. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is... Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're following the theme, the Bible, the church and the environment. And of course uh, we're following that theme because uh, we're really conscious that uh, COP27 is on this week. That's the United Nations Environmental Conference. You're going to be hearing a great deal about it in the Uh, in the news, but you're not going to hear what uh, you're going to hear right here on Faith FM uh, because what we're going to be doing is giving you a Christian perspective on this entire subject. Yes, the Bible does talk Uh, about the environment and uh, we're going to be sharing on that all this week and today we're actually looking at the Genesis command for humanity to subdue the earth and one of the things we've suggested is that misunderstanding this concept has seen believers take a lot of very negative press and today we've been asking what is this passage really really saying? We've been digging in particularly about the impact of sin uh, has had on our world and the changes that uh, took place as a result. Uh, Eric, uh, uh, we've got about 10 minutes left, so please bring it together for us.
1: There's a couple of really important uh, texts tonight, I think, Pastor Gary. <clears throat> the first is Romans 5.12. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so um, death spread to all men because all sin. So, you know, when son, sin came into the world through through Adam and Eve, uh, Came through the sin and that death I believe spread throughout not only themselves but then it went out and amongst the people of course And but it also meant that the plants that the animals everything was affected because sin had now polluted the world like a cancer and so it spread throughout the world and, and here we find that but Romans 8 20 22 gives us hope for it says for the creation was subjected to futility not of its own will but because of him who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. So it's telling us here now that the earth is subject to corruption. And, into and then it says uh, it's slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So it's telling us here that this corruption has been brought in through sin. Uh, it was never meant to be this way. What's happening today, and what and when we weren't even supposed to die, but this has affected and polluted uh, the whole world, and it affects the minds and the thinking of people because they're turning their backs on God. They're going their own way, and they're. T- Taken away, they're using the authority that God has placed into the world. Now we have a majority of people who make decisions, who are going to that summit, who'll be talking about um, how they can overcome climate change and everything else. And it's done through the wisdom of man, not through. Not through the uh, the wisdom of God, and that 's where it 's a big thing that that 's going to cause a great division in the world
0: I, I really appreciate what you 're saying there, Eric, because uh, um, one of the things that um uh, I, I did actually read in doing my research for, for this particular program. I did actually spend a little bit of time looking at the United Nations Secretary General's remarks at the beginning of this particular conference. And one or two things really jumped out at me. And I'd like to sort of just, just throw them at you if I could. Uh, this is, this is the way he started off. He said, it's just days. Our planet's population will cross a new threshold. The eight billionth member of the human family will be born. Now, I didn't actually know that, mm. um, but and I did appreciate discovering that. Um, and then it, he's talking about climate change, and he says this, it's the defining issue of our age. It's the central challenge of our century. It is unacceptable, outrageous, and self-defeating to put it on the back burner. And now, then he makes this statement that to me, I like to, I, I think... Reflect is reflect. I'd like you to reflect on it. Human activity is the cause of the climate problem. So human action must be the solution to the problem. Now, I'm really interested to hear that uh, he actually says in his speech, human activity is the cause of the problem, and I would suggest that, uh, yes, it probably is the cause of the problem, but not in the way that he actually means it. Uh, human activity, I would suggest, is the cause, hum- the human sin problem, uh, I would suggest, is actually the cause of the, the problem, but I don't think that's exactly how he means it. Mm-hmm. But then he says this, so human action must be the solution. How would you respond to that?
1: You know, Pastor Gary, when it comes to climate change, and we've got the greenies and everything out there, and I know you're going to talk about this later in the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you look at it, I do believe that climate change is responsible for some of the things that are happening in the world. I, I understand that. But I think to the to the levels that I, I hear and what's happening is that there are extremisms in that where men can deal with this problem. That we can go on uh, on a on a, a tangent, if you like, ignoring what God is telling us uh, to treat the world and to. Um, uh, helping those who are making profits and things uh, in the background. So I understand that there is a climate change problem, but to go to the extremes of some of the things that are being accepted and well, to
0: say that you know, for example, that you know humanity can fix yeah. the problem. You know, to me, as I look at that, I turn around and say, um, is there a is there a problem in in the world? Yes, I believe there is. But you know, the scriptures, and we're actually going to get to this later in the week. Mm. Uh, the scriptures talk about the world waxing. Like a garment, yep. you know, and we're going to dig into exactly what does that uh, actually mean. Because I think it's really important that we actually discover that. Uh, but you know, uh, to me, uh, I would suggest to you that according to the scriptures, uh, that the problem of a decimated earth is going to be solved. But I would suggest to you it's actually outside of human control because uh, dealing with the issue of sin is something that only God is actually able to deal with. Well,
1: it's interesting that often, you know, they'll have the Lord's Prayer in parliaments or somewhere, but that has actually been under attack for for a while doing that. And, in fact, one man said, uh, one of the politicians said, take away the Lord's Prayer because it offends the majority in the community. So they're saying that because that, uh, that offends the majority of people who don't believe in God that we shouldn't have the Lord's Prayer. So therefore they're not under their guidance. They're not looking to to Christ uh, for a reasoning over this. They're going to use uh, man's reasoning and try and solve the problems which aren't working have never worked right through time till now. We're becoming more and more of a mess. Uh, I really believe that the answer to all this is Corinthians 15, 21 to 26 where it says, For as by... A man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order Christ the first fruits, then all who come in, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule, every authority, and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy should be destroyed at its death. So what it's saying is that at the end of time that all authority will be given back to God
2: mm.
1: because mm. we've mucked it up. When we And the death is going to... Uh, to wipe us out so he came he is now saying that Christ through one man through Christ will be made alive again and you and I and the listeners have been made alive again because we believe in Jesus Christ so our thinking is in the thinking of how we treat this world is how Jesus would treat it and that's the way I I govern my life on it And, and an animal or whatever I see it through different eyes because it's not the old man the man of the world the way the world is going and to have a dominion over an animal means you love it and you care for it that's what it means
0: and uh, it does actually impact even our you know the consumeristic mentality that is actually you know such a negative impact on our world you know to me you know i i I love the way the scriptures you know talk about you know with uh, uh with food food and drink you know we're we're going to be able to say it is enough, mm. you know. And to me, as I look at that, I, I say, hey, uh, if this is in fact the case, in other words, if, uh, if in fact we're able to deal with this issue of uh, consumerism, mm. then uh, there is going to be a remarkable change in our world, but... The only way that can happen is by the change in the human heart. And, you know, the only person I I know of that can change the human heart is Jesus Christ himself. It's only when the human heart is changed that humanity starts to think differently. When humanity starts to think differently, then my relationships, my relationships to others in this world, my relationships to uh, my environment drastically change. Uh, And this... Uh, to me, I, I look at and I say, "Hey, this is to me the missing piece of the puzzle." When you're talking about about this particular issue, and we
1: are thankful for what we have, you know, that's the whole thing. We are blessed by what yes. we have. I mean, yes. just recently we've had Halloween, you know, and I've seen the the ghoulish images all around. You know, we adopted that from America when we could have adopted Thanksgiving. To be yeah. thankful for what we have, for thankful yeah. for the food we have and for the need and be content with what we have in our lives and to give thanks for God for what He, how he's led us in our lives yeah. to have that. Yeah. And that is the peace that it brings to us because the other side doesn't give you any peace. Yeah. Uh, a non, yeah. you know, it, that pure peace that you can only find through Jesus Christ is a changed heart and a changed mind that understands that the words of God is for our own benefit, for our own good and it would help us as we travel through this world together.
0: Amen and amen, folks. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for being the Creator. Lord, oh, thank you for uh, uh, giving humanity, uh, calling humanity to be stewards. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for uh, for giving us uh, Jesus Christ to restore all things. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, for your promise that you will restore all things. Uh, Lord, as we dig into this subject of the environment this week, I just pray uh, that we might come to an amazing understanding of the wonderful gifts that you have given to us in the past and are giving to us in the future. These things, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join me tomorrow when I'll be chatting with Pastor David Butcher on the subject of natural disasters. Are they all due to climate change or is there another possibility? You'll love this particular program. Really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God... Richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of
2: Adventist World Radio.